You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. On this episode of Woo Pod Sui. We break down both victories by the men and women's basketball program who are red hot. We cover soccer's comprehensive victory over North Texas in the NCAA tournament. We unfortunately preview the LSU-Arkansas game at Death Valley. And we give you a little history lesson on the USS Jeanette. All that, and only a little bit more this time, on Woopod Sui. Woopod. Welcome to another episode of Woo Pod Sui, the official podcast of Arkansas Fight, the official SB Nation site of Arkansas Athletics. I am your host, Tucker Partridge, along with my co-host, Saul Malone. Tell the people, hello, Saul Malone. How we doing, folks? Glad to be here. Here with a lighter episode coming off of a bye week, but not to worry, there is still plenty of Razorback content to bring you people. Yeah, like kind of like a like a feeling good. We got an Arkansas fight light, maybe as you were a diet Arkansas fight. Wupatsui episode, enough to fill you up, but not enough to make you sick. And ahead of the week of Thanksgiving, probably a good thing. Yeah, don't want to. You want to. You want to watch your intake so you can actually go all in for Thanksgiving. So, one of the fun parts of this podcast is going to be us kind of getting the chance to take a look around Arkansas athletics, given that football was on a bye week. And I think it's worth pointing out it's a pretty darn good time to be a Razorback fan in almost any other sport. Yeah, if you like, um, if you like anything other than football. It's a great time to be a hog, and I feel like we just wanted to discuss that a little bit because we feel like we lose sight of it sometimes because football is just a big exclamation point, whereas, you know, sometimes basketball or, you know, the ladies' soccer team or the gymnastics team kind of get overlooked, but it's a good time to be a hog fan if you like anything else besides football. So with that, we will talk about football a little later, but given that they didn't do anything... Let's dive into the folks who did do a dang thing. Of course, I am talking about three-seed Arkansas soccer knocking off North Texas at home. Three-nil, as they say, across the pond. Um, absolutely dominant performance by the Razorbacks. It was coming for a long time and honestly took a little bit to get that opening goal. But my goodness, they outshot the Mean Green 26-1. to Uh... 10 of those hit the post, so presumably we're not going to have that bad luck going forward, which means to me that uh, we're doing all right because North Texas came into the game averaging 20 shots a game and literally only got off one. That's That seems good as far as a defensive effort goes. Uh, I believe the statistics showed that it is, in fact, good 
Um, <laughs> this is a pretty good time to be a fan of the Razorback soccer team. We actually had kind of boots on the ground there with Arkansas Fight. Our writer, Luke Davis, was there. He said the atmosphere was just electric. Absolutely electric. Said that the crowd went nuts. They were just waiting on bated breath because it did take until the 55th minute for Tori Kanata to head the ball in for a 1-0 lead. Then in the 82nd minute, Parker Goins, the magic, magic, uh, put away a rebound uh, that was sublime per usual. Parker yeah. Goins, uh, magic feat. We've talked about this before. And then two minutes later, uh, Kaylee Van Gundy scored her first goal of the season to make it three to nothing. You're not coming back from that in Fayetteville. Really, really comprehensive performance. And unfortunately, the last time we'll be hosting for the rest of the tournament, kind of frustrating. feel like we got hosed a little bit in seeding. But hey, this team can play on the road and good Lord, they can play at home. Yeah, and uh, I agree. I, th- I feel like we got a little hosed on the seating, but kind of agree. This is the flow of the game. You know, took a while to break through, but once we break through, once the levy broke, it was we poured it on three nothing. Great win. Uh, going on to play North Carolina State, uh, a pretty good team coming out of Durham Raleigh. Uh, so um, it'll be exciting. I'm excited to see what we got next. Excited to see again. We play well on the road, so I don't think that. We're at any sort of disadvantage here. We have a good team, and we're going to put up a good performance no matter what. So good luck to the Lady lady Razorbacks. That will be, as part of the scheduling, it will be in Provo, Utah. So I guess a road game for both teams, sort of. The first kick will happen at 4 p.m. Central on Thursday, November 21st. That is this Thursday. Tomorrow, if you're listening to the pod, on Wednesday when it's released. Worth noting... Um, North Carolina State did beat Navy three to nothing. They made it to the semifinals of the ACC tournament, but fell to North Carolina three to nothing, who we beat two to nothing. And as we all know, the transitive property in sports is undefeated and absolutely accurate. So we should be winning. Yeah. If the rule of what was that? I was you were the engineering major. Yes, the engineering major in the College of English, the transitive property in sports, my friend. That's right. I was going to say osmosis, but I don't think that was right. No, I think you're right on it. Uh, Speaking of osmosis, uh, that's right. I'm about to do this. Eric Musselman's coaching philosophy on defense must have just sunk into these players through osmosis because once again, Men's basketball has held an opponent under 46. Yeah, baby. Men's hogs. Men's hogs. Uh, The men's Razorback um, basketball team looked really good. Again, holding a team to under 50 points. That is only 132 132 points allowed through three games, allowing 43, 43, and 46 points, respectively. Uh, That is our lowest point total through the first three three games since 1946. 1947. So really good stuff defensively. Had a couple standout performances. Uh, Adriel Bailey went for 12 points and 11 rebounds, which was a career high for him. His first career double-double. Shout out, Adriel. That is awesome. Uh, Mason Jones, again, led the team in scoring. Third straight game. 19 points for the game, going a perfect 8 for 8 at the free throw line and dishing out four assists and getting four steals. Uh, Jimmy Wendt Jr. had also a nice little game with 14 points and seven rebounds. 
Um, has really just a really good looking start to the season for the men's basketball program. Must has got them looking excited and conditioned well. Uh, stayed on the court quite nicely, and the defense is just looking tough. Uh, very stingy, very very good at getting to the ball. Uh, you know, got to be careful with some foul trouble. Um, we've I think we fixed it, especially since. I noticed it first in the exhibition game against Arkansas, Little Rock, but kind of cleaned it up a little bit and have just played solid defense. Uh, granted, these aren't, you know, the toughest of opponents, but these are not pushovers either. So our next game will be against Texas Southern, uh, which is happening right now as we record. Oh, no, it's tomorrow. Excuse me. It's Monday night. Uh, we're recording on Monday night. So the next game will be tomorrow versus Texas Southern. So as we release this episode, you guys will once again have known what happened. So here's to the men's Razorback team looking good, making us look good. And shout out to, again, Coach Must. We're on the Must bus. We really like what he's doing. We are drivers of the Must bus. Uh, funny thing kind of happened. ACC basketball was posting some clout uh, about how good Virginia is. And Virginia obviously is quite good at basketball and quite good at defense. But they posted and said that Virginia men's hoops is the only team in the shot clock era and first since the 48-49 season to hold their first three opponents under 50 points. Gave me a great opportunity to post a little clip from uh, I Think You Should Leave. Wrong! Arkansas has done it too. Really cool uh, to see the team succeed despite some obvious size issues. Uh, it's a little worrisome to go into a game with four guards and one forward as your starting lineup, but that has not been an issue so far. Obviously, uh, these teams are not the ones that will be facing down the meat of the schedule, but Montana is expected to be a tournament team, and we got out a win anyway. One thing I wish, and maybe this will just be a me gripe, but college refs refuse to let basketball games be played. <laughs> um, really interesting of them to think that we're coming to a whistle concert and a basketball game just happens to be breaking out in the back. <laughs> um, let them play. Let, I just There let. were so many team fouls in this game that it almost took away my enjoyment of the game because I was just like, guys, we are going to the free throw line every other play on both teams. Like, I felt like there were equal opportunity. Stop this game. I want to see some free throws. Uh, yeah, let the boys play. I agree. Um, it's just not, yeah, not fun. I don't come to athletic events to watch you call fouls. I get that that's your job, but no one comes to where I work to watch me make tweets. You know, that's just not how it works. I come, they come to my job to meet with people that are important. And the people that are important at these games are those that are playing. So let the boys play, let the players play. I want to see the game. I like if you, call fouls. That's fine. Like I understand there are going to be fouls in a basketball game and you can call them, but not everything is a foul. I'm like, a, just so ticky tack every time the players touch. Yeah. Let's call a foul. I'm a very into, I'm like a laissez faire approach when it comes to. Uh, you know, refereeing. Just, hey, if you see something egregious or something obvious, call it. But if not, let people play. That's where a lot of the good stuff kind of happens is in those gray areas where people are battling. So, yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to see this game, uh, unfortunately. But from what I heard from you and some other people that were there, were just the game flow was not there because of how aggressively uh, the, the refs were calling fouls. 
On to another successful basketball team. That's right. We got two of them. The women's Razorback basketball team is off to an undefeated start as well, and they are ranked number 23 in the land. They beat Stony Brook, who is 3-1, by an incredible margin, 88-58. to 58. Not close. Uh, no, not close. Uh, after the first half, it was kind of uh kind of close um but good lord they blew it open um just an incredible all-around performance they had a massive first half from behind behind the arc so i guess we're going to be kind of a three-point pace and space team uh they were seven of 13 uh in the first half and five of those came from guard amber ramirez she had 26 points in that game and looked like she could have had several more. Uh, she had six threes, which was the most made by a Razorback this season. Uh, really, really fun to watch this team as well. Heck yeah. Uh, I just love having two solid basketball programs. Love having a ranked team. Great job, Lady yeah. Razorbacks. Uh, really, really cool to see the Mike neighbors experiment kind of work out. Obviously we knew we were getting a great coach with him when we hired him from Washington, but to see it kind of start coming together is really something cool, uh, to witness. Speaking of coaches, putting it together and having cool things to witness Jordan Weber of the gym backs is doing some really cool stuff. Uh, they've started rolling out kind of the PR and hype behind the upcoming gym season. And our new coach is putting a mark on things. We just got four really good commitments in the upcoming class. And I think it's worth talking about that, despite the fact that obviously we have not seen them in action, we have a pretty great gym tradition. So I don't expect things to completely fall apart under one of the best U.S. Olympians to ever live being our coach. But this is Hunter Juracek's other big hire. Um, and it seems to be going well. Obviously, folks, there's another coaching search going on by Hunter Juracek. And I think it's really worth noting, like, Eric Musselman has been great so far. And Jordan Weber has looked great so far. Um, those are his two people. Those yeah. are his two hires. A nice and track record so far. Yeah. Off to a really great start. I am excited about gymnastics and those matches are always incredible. Uh, one of the most hype environments in any sport that I've been to, oddly enough, uh, you watch Barnhill and that place absolutely goes wild. Oh uh, yeah. During the gym bags gym bring the heat. They really do. And so seeing, you know, a coach of this stature uh, in Jordan Weber uh, being able to kind of take this program and really take it to the next level. I really hope um, that we see some great things there. But it's, again, worth noting that Hunter Juracek seems to be, obviously it's very early in both of their tenures, but seems to be two for two in coaching hires. So I'll take it. Yeah, I will definitely take it. It's uh, again nice setting a nice precedent for what's to come. Uh, wh what else we got? I guess that's that's kind of it um, for updates with the current sports teams. 
that we're, you know, we focused on. So I guess we could talk about the fact that we have made some people mad online this week. Um, Folks. <laughs> we have made some people hashtag mad online. Uh, first, it was Tucker's stadium reduction article. And then this week, I wrote an article recapping the bye week that says we defeated the bye week in a stunning upset. Now, I thought this was pretty funny, as the bye week is not a real <laughs> opponent that one can actually beat, and thought it'd be fun to maybe lift the spirits of Razorback Nation with a laugh or two, because at this point, the season is a wash, our head coach has been fired, and it's kind of in the dumps as far as it comes to football, so I thought, oh, you know, maybe a little comedy for the people. Uh, and for the most part, it was well-received, we've had some nice traffic on it, we're having a good time with it, most people are getting the joke. Uh, there are some people, however, who are dedicated to not getting the joke. Who are dedicated to not getting the joke and wish for me personally to just die very slowly, uh, which, you know, I get. I've hung out with me. I'm not the best. I get it for sure. There's cooler people out there. That said, it's a pretty funny article. It's a pretty, <laughs> I will say I'm a good writer. I've made up fake quotes from a fake game that sound like a real interview. You're not going to get that kind of effort anywhere else. So I mean, that's just big content. That's just, we're big content, guys. We didn't have anything to say about the football team this week, so we thought we'd have a little fun with it. So, Razorback Nation, once again, we would just like to point out that this article is a satire. It is not real. We know that the <laughs> Arkansas Razorbacks did not defeat the bye week. Uh, uh, unfortunately, we do not get to put that one in the win column. Yeah, that is not going on the schedule as a dub. Uh, it is, at best, a tie. So, again, apologies that we made you guys <laughs> mad online and we tried to have a little fun. Uh, but also, please know that we will continue to do so. Uh, and uh, as we speak, I have an article that is a joke bit article um, up right now defending uh one bobby petrino so we'll see how the reactions roll in with this hopefully more of the same it does make our twitter very fun i will say uh so thank you for following us there we like to have a good time and if you get the joke <laughs> thank you it's a lot we have a lot of fun so uh are we gonna take a break now or are we taking a break in a second i sure wish we would take a break let's take so, a break let's do it folks we have the unfortunate duty, once again, of talking about an upcoming football game. So we'll take a break and join together and probably cry some when we come back. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. We have the duty of preparing you for the football game against the Bayou Bengals of Louisiana State University. As you will notice on our rundown sheet, I have included that the line has reached minus 44. And as you will also notice, the frowny face next to that has 17 frowns. I saw that. Um, that is for the number of SEC losses that I anticipate us having <laughs> in a row um, after this game. Yeah, this, um, I wish... I wish I could make this game sound better than it's going to be in, <laughs> in some sort of way. Like, I'll, I'll, let's look at some positives really quick. 
I'm excited to see, I genuinely am excited to see what Barry Lunny does as a head coach. Uh, genuinely excited to see what he brings out in our players. I want to see what he's thinking with KJ. I want to see what he's thinking with Rakeem and how he's going to integrate Traylon, uh, Traylon Burks and Trey Knox. I want to see how he gets our playmakers the ball and what his scheme is because this guy has been around Arkansas football for a long time. Former quarterback, been in the system the last seven years. No, no matter who's the coach next, he will probably be on the staff. He's an Arkansas guy through and through. So I'm really, I genuinely am excited to see what his game plan against LSU is. He made some interesting points in their press conference today. Um, Really, really, really does not like the we have nothing to lose moniker, which I sort of like. Um, He sort of wants to spin it as a we have everything to gain. And quite frankly, stranger things have happened. The last time that we went down to the Valley and they were uh, number one and we were unranked, we pulled off an upset. So uh, despite it what, you don't have to ask it like a question, it happened. <laughs> well, despite what the 44 point line would tell you, uh, maybe we'll cover. <laughs> I am not feeling great about this game, uh, but obviously I'm open to the Barry Lunny legacy <laughs> growing. Um, I think one of the things that's not really being considered through all of this football uh, ruckus is that he is a serious candidate for this job. I think that when you look at kind of the fact that the environment is set up to where I'm not sure that there's just a ton of guys that you're like, okay, this guy is for sure leaving this place to come here. I think that it matters that we've got a guy in place right now. Obviously, you see guys like Coach O down at LSU having a tremendous amount of success coming in as an interim guy, but he was kind of LSU through and through, and my, what a personality fit. I would not be opposed to having that model demonstrated here. Um, Do I expect that? Probably not, but... Think that maybe people have written off Barry Lunny Jr. as a capable coaching hire, and I think that may be a little too soon. Yeah, I I definitely think I agree that he is a a strong actual candidate for this job. Again, we talked about it on the last episode. He's not a sexy name, and that is something that I think maybe Arkansas fans are looking for for various reasons, not necessarily because. They think it's a better coach or blah, blah, blah. But just like a name just feels comforting. After hiring who's basically a no name with Chad Morris right. to have a name would right. be very reassuring. And it, and it feels comfortable. Like, oh, people know who this is. I know who this is. I know the brand, you know, or whatever. You know, Barry Lenny Jr., he's an Arkansas guy and, you know, has been in the program a long time. But that's not necessarily a brand that I think fans might be looking for. But I do, I do agree that we can't write him off as a, as a serious candidate. And it'll be interesting to see what these last two games do for that candidacy, if it boosts him or if it just kind of settles him back into the idea of just being on the staff and that sort of thing. Um, Exciting times uh, coming in the gamesmanship in this rivalry. We have three starting quarterbacks this week. We do. I don't know if you saw <laughs> the depth chart after the press conference, but we have KJ... Or John Stephen Jones or, or Nick Starkall. Ben and H- Ben Hicks is relegated to the bench. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry, Ben. ben. 
But uh, so I believe they have said that they've determined who the quarterback is going to be. I would be shocked if it's anyone but KJ. But I think it's kind of funny that we're kind of treating this gamesmanship like, sure, we're going in as 50 point dogs. But you know what? You'll never know who our quarterback's going to be. You know what? That's fine. I'm honestly fine with that. LSU is my least favorite program uh, that we play against besides potentially A&M. Uh, I, just, I think both fan bases are annoying. A little gamesmanship for you on this pod. But I, I'm i excited to see whatever whatever we can to have fun with it and keep the gamesmanship up despite being this big of an underdog. I like it. I think it's fun. Uh, obviously, whether they say good teams win, but great teams cover. I think Arkansas could be a great team here. I don't. Th- I, really, <laughs> I really hope that we can cover a forty-four point spread. I don't have. You know, like we said, we don't have unreasonable expectations as Hogs fans. I think it's not unreasonable for me to expect the Hogs to cover. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we we should probably look at the bad stuff real quick. That's gonna. That's <laughs> the reality of this game. LSU's the uh, number one team Lord. in the country. Yeah, we are playing them at home at night. At night. And we are coming off a bye week and two home losses. So granted, we have one had, of which was to Western Kentucky, one of which to was Western Kentucky. So granted, we've had time to rest and lick our wounds and we're coming in with, I think, a little more vigor. I think I'm thinking the players might want to play for Barry a little bit more. I than They wanted to play for Chad. And, and this is a rivalry game. I will say like that. We cannot discount that. This is a very real rivalry game. We're playing for the boot. This game can get weird and often does. I have seen it does. stranger things than an Arkansas upset. But this would be quite literally a historic upset as far as a point spread goes. I think, yeah, literally the biggest upset, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, Since Jamie that- pulled that up. <laughs> Thank you so much to our stat guy, Jamie. Uh <laughs> It would be the biggest point spread upset in the SEC since 1980. Folks, we're going back to the 80s. Going um, back to the 80s. I mean, Joe Burrow I, has been lighting it up a absolute leading yeah. Heisman candidate. Their offense has looked terrific. They are, as always, DBU, just an incredible defense. I mean, the the points they gave up versus Alabama, notwithstanding, that was just a shootout. That This team is just all around incredible they're just they deserve their number one ranking and the as as much as i hate to admit it it's just it's hard to come to any other conclusion that they deserve that number one ranking and are just a very very good football team which puts us in prime position to make this dang thing a rivalry game this is that Uh, boy it would feel good to knock them off god it would feel good to knock you know if we beat them somehow in some universe, somehow we beat them, and maybe we even lose to Missouri. I think this whole season's worth it. Oh yeah, I want it just for the players. I want to get them an SEC win, and I want I would to upset the number one team in the nation on top of winning the boot. I mean, incredible, incredible win in Death guys. Valley. In Death Valley, <laughs> just just I can think of nothing more historic. I'm actually like pumping myself up just talking about it. Now I fully, yeah. <laughs> I fully expect it to happen. Yeah, so uh, you heard it here first, folks. We um, called it, baby. Put it on the board. And if we lose, we called that we, too. Yes, we are We're allowed calling. to. We will edit the end of the episode as such. Um. Yeah, that's, see, this is why you come here for these takes, folks. I think 
kind of playing out the rest of the season. I don't know. Realistically, I don't expect them to win this game, but I do expect them to look a little better. And I don't think that's unreasonable. Hopefully, um, I think Adam made this point in the last episode. This job has the potential of kind of looking like an albatross hanging around a potential coach's neck. So I would really like to see the players kind of get up and show, yeah, Chad was the problem and not this program is cursed or something. Yeah, I agree. I the, We talked about it last week and just you see it in every article written about Arkansas right now. A lot of people are cool on the Arkansas job. It's not an attractive job right now. And that's... Which makes sense. That's, that's fair. Yeah, it's fair. Like I, we have to look at it from the 30,000 foot perspective is we're not in a great space football wise because of the past coaching hire we made and the the staff choices and the performance on the field. We have great facilities. We have great, you know, we do have some nice recruiting. We've got things to offer. Like, it's not like you're coming to a wasteland. We're in the SEC West for crying out loud. That's good. Like just off conference alone, but we have been, you know, consistently the basement dweller of the SEC West the past few years. And we've seen this year, how much a bad team can affect a desire to come coach, regardless of what you think you can do with the program or not. So I agree. I, I'm excited to see what the players do for Barry, and I want them to put on a show for potential candidates that could come coach here that, hey, this program is going to be okay. We just have to have the right person leading it. And clearly that wasn't Chad Morris, but clearly there's a space for someone to come in and take over because we have talent. Like somebody can fill that space. Somebody can fill that space. We, we talked about it before, but this is, we have talent on this team. This, this talent has been squandered. We have the talent to compete. And I think you get a guy in here that knows what he's doing and can utilize it via scheme and get to know his different guys. I think there's a real opportunity for someone to come in here and really reshape Arkansas football while still keeping the identity of the Razorbacks and being an Arkansas guy. In terms of who next aside from Barry Lenny, who we just discussed. It's really interesting. Hunter Yurichek is definitely not going to be leaking anything. No, uh, he seems very much to be, uh, I play my cards close to my chest and my chest. And if you find out who it is, it's because it's the press conference where I'm announcing him. Yeah. He did the same uh, thing with Musselman. He kept the Musselman yeah. higher, very close to the chest. Nobody saw that really coming uh, either. I don't think that he was, I mean, you know, Musselman was a known entity, but I don't think anybody was, you know, writing, oh, he's coming to Arkansas absolutely right now. You know, yeah. I, I don't think we're going to get that. No. I really don't. I, don't I You see the names pop up and it almost feels like the media has kind of picked who their candidate for the day is, which like, I'm not blaming them for that because we're big content guys. We know that you got to have content. It's um, sexy. But I think names are pretty sexy. much. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that through the rest of this process, it's just going to be, here's a name that popped up. Here's a name that popped up because it's not going to be the administration has leaked this name or we're in negotiations with this. Yeah. In terms of guys who I would like, I think we got a little help this weekend with Minnesota losing and Baylor losing. I think it's a whole lot easier to pitch yourself to a guy like P.J. Fleck or Matt Rule 
if they're coming off of a loss as opposed to an undefeated season. Yeah. Um, but really, we have no idea. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is I want to pretend like I have an idea, but I don't. We have names that we like. We have lists and Adam Ford has put together great lists and pros and cons and tiers. And it's all very helpful, but it's all speculation. And that's all it's going to be until it's announced. I mean, obviously, I think as we get closer, there might be some signs where we're narrowing it down to, you know, two or three, maybe even four names. And that'll be helpful. But we are looking at a good few, a couple more months, at the very least, of just pure speculation. You know, we want to get a guy in here soon so we can get ready for spring ball and all that good stuff. But we don't have, as much as we'd like to, we don't have any idea. And you're going to see a lot of postulating and sources say and blah, blah, blah over the next few months. But, I mean... I don't think any of that will be with merit, though. I don't... I, I really don't. I don't, I'm not putting any... I'm going to take everything with a just pound of salt. And I'm fine with that. Um, I I think... You know, I'd rather have an AD who's kind of working nose to the ground, keeping everything close to the chest than leaking it out to the media or starting buying frenzies. I mean, I'll never forget. I did not want Gus Malzahn before we hired Chad Morris, but good God, us like getting rebuked by him publicly, basically, that was just humiliating. So the fact that we're not going to be going through that is very encouraging to me. Yeah, the that public rebuking was just gross. It's left a bad taste in my mouth, and like you know, people gust post all the time. But I mean, do we really want a guy that spurned us so aggressively and to get a raise? To get a raise, yeah, I'm I'm out on you guys. Um, but yeah, I again, just a lot. It's going to be a lot of daydreams and wishful thinking and loose sources and. Uh, circumstantial evidence at best. So plane tracking, plane tracking. We are plane tracking <laughs> every day. We are just checking log books and flight paths. We're see, we will get to the bottom of this, but I just keep a cool head. Like we're going to get a coach. That's going to happen. And there will be, there will a, be head a head coach, coach next year. Team. And I think it's going to take Arkansas fans being patient, um, which is not something we're great at, but I do think that I, someone made a really good point that, I was reading an article, I think the Fayetteville Flyer today said something along the lines of Jeff Long, it seemed like, wanted to do everything he could to take away Arkansas from being Arkansas. It seemed like he didn't like who Arkansas was and was trying to rebrand it as something it wasn't. And it worked well within the coaching staffs on the football team and a few other things, but it just seemed to strip the identity of the people that had kind of identified with the program for a long time away. Um but I think that Juracek kind of gets what it means to be an Arkansas fan and gets the people he wants to hire are on the same page as that. So I think that's he's got that going for him. And I, I think his two hires, his his two hires of, you know, Musselman and Weber have been just absolute slam dunks so far. And granted, it's very early in the seasons and that sort of thing. But just from press conferences, energy and signings and that sort of thing, just seems like these people are on the same playing as him and same wave of bringing Arkansas back to being Arkansas. And I don't expect him to do anything different with the football hire, especially considering how important the football team is to Arkansas as not only a school, but a community and a state. As an identity. With that, we're going to turn it over to some questions that you guys have from the Twitter machine. Saul, would you please 
introduce us to these fine folks on Twitter? I would love to put out a call for some questions. Uh, we were, cause this is a light episode. Uh, I wanted to see if you guys had any questions and I said, uh, anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. And I respect that because, you know, I'm a, we're, we have interests outside of athletics of the, of the university of Arkansas. So let's get to some of these questions. A lot of them are pretty fun. Um, this was one of my favorites because I want to keep uh, on the football's train since we're talking about it now. I think this was a good question and something we didn't even consider when we talked about it last week. Rod from Twitter asks, will Les Miles be a possibility for the Arkansas job or did Kansas lock him up with a big buyout? That is a great question. I didn't do any research into Les Miles' buyout before this episode started and I'm not doing any now. So I don't know the answer. And to I it. never will. Don't I don't think I will. Uh, I don't think... He has, I'm not sure of the details of Les Miles buyout at the moment, but I will say I have been quite impressed in the one year that he's had at Kansas. They have played in some, they have won some games and have competed in quite a few more and had their first home sellout in like a thousand years this season. Like people came to watch Kansas play football. That is a sentence that hasn't been said since ever like the fighting man Geno's were in the orange bowl. You know what I mean? Back when he was the coach and they were 12 and zero, and a good thing. And since then they've been, it's been all bad. So he has brought some life back to that program. And it's funny that we never even considered the Mad Hatter, you know, he's a name for sure succeeded at LSU. And I know he's unconventional and that sort of thing. But I don't, when I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I think he could work here. I think he could bring that scheme of that fun kind of wide open scheme and where he mixes and opens up the playbook. It's funny that it's just a name that never even crossed my mind or our minds, but I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I I think I, you know, I would like Les miles. I think that would be a good hire. Uh, he's obviously familiar with the SEC West pretty intimately. Um, but given that his athletic director is Jeff Long, I am sure his buyout is incredibly large uh, because Jeff loves giving coaches gigantic buyouts. That's fair. Um, not sure if we could net him, uh, but boy, that would be that would be a splash. It would be a splash again. Be a name, and I think I, I, I do think a guy that could bring some success to Arkansas. So, good question, Rod. Next question from Raisin Snacks on Twitter. Uh, you've been captured by lizard people, and you must much watch one of these repeat Clockwork Orange style for the rest of your life. Do you choose Game Two of the College World, <sighs> Series, College World Series in 2018 or the Sternover Game? Oh man, I think. Oh, I mean, both of those are equally abhorrent, but. I think I'm going to go with the Sternover game simply because we were one out away from a national championship in that College World Series game. And uh, the fact that I vividly remember that moment, I never want to relive that again. So as as much as it pains me to say it, I'm going to just watch that fumble over and over again. Oh, see, for me, I I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the other route. Um, I'm going to go with the college world series ones just because I hate myself a little bit, but also sure. It just, I can pretend for a moment that he's going to catch it. Like, I know he's not going to, I know it's going to drop between all three of them, 
I know it's going to just, they're all going to sit there and look at the ball and look at each other and be like, what just happened? But for just a moment, when that ball is heading towards the ground, I can pretend that one of them grabs it. We all hot pile on the mound in Arkansas as a national champion, and that'll be enough. That'll be enough for me. The turnover game is just watching him stumble and fumble. It's kind of tough. Ugh. I mean, let's not pretend that either of them would be easy. It's not great. Yeah, none of them are good. But, I, you know, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Uh, Callie Sai on Twitter asks, where do you think Steven Strasburg signs? A little baseball uh, question. Unfortunately, I can definitely see him being a Yankee. Uh, they... What didn't make it to a World Series this decade? So I'm sure they're going to be trying to win an arms race. And between him and Garrett Cole, I can totally see them throwing some money. Yeah, they always have money. Everyone wants to wear the pinstripes. Um, as someone whose team is currently a bigger villain than the Yankees at the moment, uh, I understand the appeal. Uh, I root for the Houston Astros, full disclosure, who... Boo. Yeah, no, let me have it. It's bad. Uh, I agree. Um, but yeah, I my thing I would really like, it's been discussed, I would really like him to sign with the Angels. And the reason I would like him to sign with the Angels is because I would like the Angels to have a good team so that Mike Trout can reach the playoffs. The Ever. <laughs> that would just be incredible because one of the best ball players of our generation and maybe of all time, has rarely made the playoffs because he cannot get a good team around him. Now, when my large baseball son, Sho Otani, returns, I think <laughs> when he's at full power, I think that'll be helpful. But I think uh, adding Steven Strasburg or Garrett Cole to the Angels roster makes them a good team automatically and gives my other large baseball son, Mike Trout, a shot at the playoffs, which I the baseball needs Mike Trout to be in the playoffs. It just does. Baseball's better, Baseball's when, better when Mike Trout is playing baseball. Last but not least, this is my favorite question uh, from Scott Warmack. I just like the formatting of this question. <laughs> I'm going to read it word for word. I'd like you to discuss the ill-fated Arctic journey of the USS Jeanette. Compare and contrast with the Morris tenure in Fayetteville. I'll hang up and listen. Scott, thank you so much for your question, if you're listening out there. Uh, we're going to get into this real quick. I'm going to read yeah, you. Yeah, I'll... Uh... Take point if you'd like. Yeah, no, uh, please. Much like uh, the commander of the USS Jeanette, George W. DeLange, I, I think that Chad Morris obviously came into this situation over his head. George W. DeLange, or DeLange, sorry, famously jumped on the USS Jeanette and said, folks, we're about to go left lane hammer down straight into the Arctic. And... The thing about the Arctic is that back then, at least, it was covered in ice and ships versus ice are uh, not a fight that is often won by ships. And so much like Chad Morris coming in and deciding that him being a high school style coach versus the SEC West was going to be a winning fight, we all could see that it was not going to be. And thus, as the USS Jeanette crashed in ice and sunk, so did the Chad Mobile. Chad Morris sinking to the bottom of the Arctic Ocean, unfortunately not reaching its goal of the North Pole, I suppose. <laughs> sure, we can say North Pole. Uh, I've read the first paragraph of the Wikipedia article. I think that's fine. Left lane trapped in ice. Left lane, freeze them down, left, baby. Left lane sinking egregiously. 
That is the Chad Morris way. And Scott, I am glad that you asked that because a lot of people just are, are not up to date on their maritime law and, 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 I, and history to be. We're smart. Yeah. We're smart. We know stuff. People just think we're just talking heads about football. I know history. I know things. Sure, There are things like the USS Jeanette, which famously crashed in the Arctic, much like Chad Morris. If you're going to listen to this podcast, you're going to learn about the hogs and you're going to learn some dadgum history and you're going to like it. We're going to make it fun. <laughs> <laughs> we have a good time here. I think why don't you uh, why don't you uh, talk about the com- you know what compare and contrast the mutiny in the locker room that CG O'Grady allegedly led versus the mutiny on the HMS Bounty. I would love to, but we are out of time. Oh, so oh, sorry funny how that works out. Yeah, I hate Dang. to see it, man. Just definitely hit our time limit. I think that'll do it for this <laughs> that episode. Is a hard limit. Yeah, I think we're wow. wrapping up. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, you know, I don't make the time limit. I just have to abide by it. So that brings us to the end of an episode of Wupad Sui. Thank you so much for listening to us ramble about sports. We will be bringing you more content on at Arkansas Fight on Twitter. Uh, please keep engaging with our articles, good or bad. We love reading your tweets, regardless of whether or not they deprecate us. Um, please subscribe to our SB Nation Fan Pulse poll. Um, it's about to start polling confidence in basketball, and part of the fun this football season has been seeing the confidence change, so I'm sure basketball will be much the same. Obviously, Give us a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice if you feel so inclined. And if not, give us a five-star rating anyway. Uh, I think that's all we've got. I think that's it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Go Hogs. We big. Number five. You better look at him a little closer. He's a football player. It's Arkansas, baby.